from the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Soho. Men in Blazers World Headquarters. Yeah, it is. From the Men in Blazers World Headquarters, it's a Men in Blazers Fantasy Football Pod special. Special, special. Welcome special. to Fantasy Island. <laughs> no, it's not that, Rod. That's <sighs> not what we mean. That, though, That's David. not what we mean by a fantasy special. One of the joys of the Premier League returning into our hearts and minds is that fantasy football returns with it. We love <sighs> the idea that every game matters, Rog. They every think, player matters. Well, some of them more Even than others. Even one matter, some, movie. Some animals count more than other animals. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. right. Now, you love fantasies, Rog, more than any man I have ever known. I have so many fantasies, You David. do? Yeah. One includes Everton winning the Champions League. Yeah. Which is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so not the rest won't be Hibbo scoring the wonder goal anymore. <laughs> Fitter Hibbo. Yeah. The rest, they're all very Sam Allardyceian. Yeah. They largely revolve around lovemaking and pies. Oh. But the joy of fantasy, as you were saying, Dave, yeah. is it that makes every game matter. It does, it does. <laughs> Even Hull at Burnley on a Wednesday night, Rog, in February. Each meaningless Jesus Navas assist and dodgy David Moyes substitution. David Moyes, I just made him sound way more exotic. David Moyes. We're going to have to call him David Moyes. The name's season. Moyes. David, David, David Moyes. Moyes. <laughs> substitution. Affects the length of our sad naps. Were you related to David Moyes, the guy who used to be at Man... No, no, no relation. No, no. Similar name. Pronunciation's different. <laughs> yeah, it's David. David, David Moyes. David Moyes. David Moyes. He'll do a lot of gesticulations <laughs> with his hands. Fantasy football is the Guinness with which we chase down our narrative-filled Premier League pies. To prepare for this season, we've enlisted the help of two fantasy gurus. Gurus. gurus John gurus. Wallin, head of content for Texas-based fantasy soccer company Tugger. And Neil Thurman, who writes for Togger, as well as serving as Premier League editor for Roto World slash NBC Sports. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, as they say in the stats world, shalom. Yes. We've got to get one thing out <laughs> of the way before we start here. Mm. Neil, you are an Arsenal fan, right? I am an Arsenal supporter. And John, you are a... Uh, unabashed supporter of Roberto Firmino and all things Liverpool. Oh, so, despite the fact that you immerse yourselves and live a statistical life, <laughs> when it comes to it, yeah. football's just an emotional yeah. outlier. Emotionless. Uh, well, we will see. We're going to bear your Arsenal and Liverpool fandom in mind as we go through this Men in Blazers fantasy football pod special. Can I just say one quick yeah, thing? Go ahead. I, I love Togger. Yeah, I do for so many different reasons. We should explain exactly what this thing is, but yeah. I mean, mostly I love them because they've developed a more sophisticated approach to fantasy soccer than the kind of routine, yeah. standardized one. Which I've honestly, I, when I moved to America, one of the joys of my life, I became. I, we've never talked about this. I became an obsessive fantasy baseball player in the 1990s possibly too obsessive <laughs> i remember the days of calling up my opponents at 4 a.m in the morning to try and dupe them into trading rafael Furcal for roger Cedinho. my wife told me it was not a good use of my time or my energies i was a bit too into yeah. it but the, the premier league stuff for americans who are kind of toothed on nfl fantasy games and, and, and major league baseball fantasy games often come to the english premier league games they find them a little bit basic a little they bit primitive basic. a little bit unrealistic togger which i do find fascinating second reason austin texas based i love american success stories in the world of soccer but can you describe what they did to kind of 
tweet 2.0 the world of fantasy soccer the key to target is we score stats across the pitch so defenders score for uh clearances for uh, headers one you know midfielders score for tackles one for successful take-ons and dribbles so there are more actions which are measured in a togga fantasy game versus other more basic fantasy games. That's absolutely right. I mean, I think traditionally, Devo, you see goals, assists, and clean sheets, and those three statistics are what really drive traditional fantasy. Yeah. And in Taga, A few red cards as well. Uh, absolutely, the red yeah. cards. I mean, particularly, depending on which team you're following, can yeah. certainly I'm a Chelsea fan. You. A lot of red cards I've seen <laughs> over my time. So what you've done in the past, you used to take defenders and you pick Leighton Baines because he was the defender who yeah, scores well for kicks. me on many fantasy I mean, teams. You really, defenders were kind of like the dead tooth of the traditional uh, English fantasy league game. What you guys have factored in: key passes, successful take-ons, aerial duels won, and clearances. You've not yet got through to neck tattoos uh, and, and man buns, some of the more important yeah. statistics. But I'm sure they'll be coming in the Togga 3.0. But what it means is everybody, your defenders, suddenly become more of a, a curious pick, more of an active pick. And, and even the holding midfielders yes. who are another group. Yeah, the Eric Dyers, the N'Golo Kantes, they become, yep. the Danny Drinkwaters Abs- become very valuable. Absolutely. You guys have got two formats. Yeah. You've got your Fantasy Draft, Yeah. your Togger Draft League, you've got your Fantasy Eleven. You can week by week play the Togger Perfect Eleven. And the thing I love about that format, you get to pick from scratch um, every single week. Okay, so explain the difference between the two. Perfect Eleven. Every player has the opportunity to pick any player in the Premier League. Got it. Every week. If you're talking about a draft league, you're talking about playground rules. So we've got 20 kids, or in this case, a few hundred kids lined up in front of us. And somebody gets to pick first, somebody gets to pick second, somebody gets to pick third. And that player is on my team and my team alone. David, you and I are going to do the 11. We're going to do this 11 on a weekly basis. And for our first focus, I do want to try and get you gents to talk us through how do you pick? the perfect 11. Rule number one is pick a differential. Differentials is a, is a word that gets used a lot when you're playing Fantasy Premier League. What a differential is, is it's a player Because I was going to ask. Oh, there we go. A player that's owned by probably 5% or less than the global audience. Yeah. So uh, players like your uh, Daniel Drinkwater from Leicester, uh, you know, Joe Allen now that he's transferred, uh, even somebody like Jermaine Defoe, right, from Sunderland. He's, yeah. he's you know, a little bit older, but he still puts him in the back of the net, a little bit less fancied, yeah. but he's going to do the business for you every week. Yeah, I must say, I saw NBC Sports today posted their top 10 Premier League players in every position. Joe Prince-Wright, uh, mate, did the, uh, did the thing. And Jermaine Defoe was in that list, in the top 10. And I looked at it, it stuck out like a sore thumb for me. But then I thought, yeah, you know what? On that team, he's going to score a lot of goals. That is a differential, you would say. Absolutely. So rule one, you want to try and find the sleepers who can score big. Is that what you're saying? Everybody has got their Dimitri Payet. Everybody. 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 And when Dimitri Payet makes the magic happen, everyone's score is going to pop up. And so it's almost neutralized. That's absolutely right. You want to try and find your sleeper. So who are you looking at? When you're looking for sleepers, you're traditionally looking for uh, players that come off of an injury. So maybe uh, somebody like Daniel Sturridge, who didn't get a full slate of minutes. Now I know he's, he's already injured this season and, yeah. and every season. But um, somebody like that. Quick question. Do you want... This might be a really stupid question. But do you need differential in every position? Or do you just no. need some differential and some massive stars who you know are going to contribute in, numbers? In, in my mind, this is... You know, what we're doing is essentially portfolio analysis. So you want your guys who are going to contribute 
and what you know what you're going to get. Guys who are just going to deliver for you every week, an Ozil, a Payet, whoever. You and want then you your want, bonds. You want your bonds. Uh, you want Tax your bonds. free. You want your Google. Decent stuff. And then you need your, your couple startups that are going to hit big. Yeah. And, you know, last year it was a Payet. Last year it was Fuchs. You know, there were guys, Conte, who came out of nowhere, Vardy, Mares all took their games to a next level and you need one or two of those but if you bet on all of those then half of them are at least half you of need, them are going to you need your offshore out tax free <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so one of the challenges of fantasy is these teams are incredibly secretive you know I saw the NFL publish their depth chart mm-hmm. this weekend I don't know how real it is but they publish their depth chart the Premier League managers don't publish their depth chart we have no idea right now really what is the starting 11 at any Premier League team other than at Hull, where they've only got 11 players, so we kind of know they're going to be starting. But how do you manage to find the players who are going to actually play? Because surely playing time is going to be something else which is very important. The second rule is you need to have players that are on the pitch for their real-life side to be successful. There's a big problem in, in fantasy in general. and There's a whole notion that because a player is famous... That, that's a valuable fantasy pick. DeAndre Yedlin. <laughs> All right. I was thinking more in the Aaron Ramsey, Cesc Fabregas, you know, yeah. players whose playing time is questionable. Jordan yeah. Henderson. Jordan Henderson. We could, call this one he, the Jack Wilshire, we could call this one the Jack Wilshire rule. There you yeah. go. And ultimately, a lot of people get sucked in by, hey, I know him, and he's wonderfully talented, but the chances are he's going to play 30 minutes at the end of a game. And add to that, teams who are in the Champions League... Yep. Teams who go far in cups are going to rotate their squads a lot. Exactly. And so the teams with these star players, whereas a team like Leicester yep. last season were much more stable. Right. You, know, you look down a little further, and uh, I wrote an article and called it Seeking Gilfie because you know, you know <sighs> yeah. Gilfie Sigurdsson <laughs> is going to start. Gilfie, yeah. He's going to start. Gilfie he's going to ticks every box. Crush it. Every, yeah. every fantasy yeah. box, Gilfie almost ticks. Huh? Who exactly. else is a player who floats slightly below the surface in terms of name recognition quality but because of their playing time because of their repeated playing time so they become the kind of bargain that we should be looking for you basically just cut off the guys who might make it to the champions league and go everywhere below that and the the creators the folks that that are making things happen at those teams are are great options so i'd think about a johan kabai yeah and sadly this season for for you and uh, that means no chelsea that means no liverpool in european competition those players all of a sudden they get a big boost because they're not getting run down by those extra minutes oscar looks like more value (laughs) rule three gents matchups 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 when you're playing perfect 11 it's not about who's best it's who's best this week yeah, you know, th- this one's pretty pretty simple. You know, you look each week, and if Arsenal are playing Spurs, then for a whole lot of reasons, you probably don't want to go heavy on either team. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. If at the same time Chelsea are playing somebody at the bottom of the table, they're playing Hull, who yeah. is looking like a gigantic disaster, then you absolutely want to look in and say, I want to go heavy on on Chelsea that day. You're right. I often say London teams playing each other, it often they cancel each other out. They tend to be very, very close games, London teams. As you look at these week one matchups, which are the ones that look lopsided to you that you would be investing your energy into? Middlesbrough was an amazing defensive club last season in the championship. They're playing Stoke City. They're home. I think they come out. They're going to try and get a 1-0 win, a 2-0 win. I'm comfortable taking somebody off Middlesbrough in the, the front. The Brad Guzan era begins. Is it not the victim? On the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Rule four, gent. So set pieces. Finding the guys who are on the ball all the time and creating chances, creating action. 
you know, that's, that's where you want to be in your fantasy leagues. You think about the secondary statistics, you think about chances created, you think about assists, you think about key passes, things like that. You know, these guys are going to be the ones who are generating that. And these so you guys, think about an Ozil, guys, you think about a Kabai, you think about a Kazri, you think about Payet. Why was he so great? I mean, he was putting in free kicks. He was creating four, four dead ball goals last season yeah. and just in the Premier League, just in league matches. I mean, when you're preparing to pick your perfect 11 side, go through and say, yeah, this guy doesn't take set pieces. This guy, I believe, does. And even some older players that maybe we're starting to discount, somebody like Wayne Rooney. If Wayne Rooney's on set pieces for that Manchester United side with Zlatan Ibrahimovic up top and has the ability to, to feed balls into those forwards. Well, and, and you think about Willian. I mean, in the wasteland that was Chelsea's season last year, William he was, was amazing. spectacular yeah. taking set pieces. He was scoring from them. He was mm. creating chances. Going on, number five. Your rule, play with your head and your heart. The idea here is with perfect 11, you can have any 11 players you want. If you want to run out the entire Manchester United starting 11 one day, go ahead and do it. If you want to start only Belgians, go ahead and do it. Last season, just for fun, I tried to start only players that had an X in their name. I mean, listen, uh-huh. this is fun. Fantasy is supposed to be fun. That's why we're here. I mean, there's nothing better than sitting there, watching your team win, checking your mobile device, having a drink with your friends, being able to look up and boast on the fact that you were smarter than them that week, that your team did better, that you're top of your table and you're top of the table. We're going to go to it now. I'm going to ask you all, each position, mm. your, your best picks. If you can throw in a sleeper for each two, that would be gorgeous. But starting at the back. Your gloves. Who's your number one? The best keeper and a sleeper keeper. Peter Cech, for me, is the best keeper because Arsenal's defense will allow a lot of shots, but they'll tend to win. They'll tend to get more than their share of clean sheets, and that's kind of the ideal combination in, uh, in fantasy. When you mention Arsenal's defense, who are we referring to? Yeah, I, I think we're referring to Bialik and uh, <laughs> to Holding, who okay. actually have looked fantastic okay. in the preseason, yeah. and I'm optimistic five years from now that that'll yeah. be a great central defensive <laughs> he was, pairing. He was an excellent cricketer. We'll see how he's at football. <laughs> um, as far as a sleeper goes, I'm not sure... Uh, I'd be interested in Mandana at Crystal Palace because I'm very high on Crystal Palace. He's going to face a ton of shots behind that defense. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them his own defenders. Perhaps, I should imagine. But that's a lot of saves. And that's the kind of the thing that you have to value is a guy like De Gea last year wasn't terribly valuable because he didn't face that many shots. Mm. So if you aren't facing shots, you're not making saves, you're not picking up points. You should look at a Fraser Forster from Southampton. He was injured last season. Came back, I think he posted five clean sheets on the bounce right out of the gate. For a sleeper, I'm going to say Ben Foster. Ben Foster was doing phenomenal for uh, West Brom. Uh, only played 1,350 minutes last yeah, he season. He was also their most creative outfield player. And listen, in <laughs> fantasy, that matters. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay if they lose 3-1 to one if he's getting nine saves and the only goal. Uh, yeah. Penciling in Guzan, obviously. The best defender and a sleeper defender, gents. I'm going back to Arsenal, and Hector Bellerin has got nothing but upside. At, mm. He was fantastic last season, and at his age, there's he, actually room for improvement. He's fantasy fire, is mm. he? Oh. Um, George Friend from, from Borough as, as a potential sleeper, I think, tackles one, interceptions, and then he gets forward, he dribbles past people on occasion. If you're just looking at last year's stats when you pick uh, game week one for perfect 11, uh, Luke Shaw at Manchester United suffered that horrendous freak injury. He, w- he was out. Uh, I mean, the player's a phenomenal one for the future. He's going to be one for this season. If you want to look a little bit farther down the list, uh, I think that you're probably looking at somebody like Cedric 
from Southampton. I really liked what he did. Somebody like Funes Mori at Everton is one to watch. And I, he's somebody that I would absolutely consider making a, a late addition on uh, on uh, game week one this Saturday. I'm going to be Eldevelde, Midfield. Midfield. How about somebody like Czech Keote from West Ham United? I mean, he's not really a glory seeker. He plays the middle of the pitch uh, kind of in that uh, traditional Claude Makaleli role, uh, the N'Golo Kante role last season. He's going uh, very deep in draft leagues. He's somebody that I'm going to guess is going to be owned in less than 2% of leagues. He's capable of going out, putting up 12, 15, maybe even 20 points. And for a baseline barometer, if every one of your starting 11 can put up 10 points in a fantasy week, that's 110 points in a week, you're going to finish in the top 10% of your league. Oh, just give me 11, DeAndre Yedlin. Another player that I think that you should be targeting uh, would be Ahmed El Mohamedi from uh, Hull City. Uh, in the absence of Diame, who transferred out to Newcastle United, mm-hmm. I do think that uh, El Mohamedi is going to pick up where he left off two seasons ago in the season where Hull were relegated. Uh, he was a fantasy dynamo. He was easily a top 30 midfielder overall. And when you're comparing him to other players, that's the same kind of value that somebody like Adam Lallana had last season. So I'm, I'm going to take uh, something that's going to make Raj happy here in probably two days when the deal goes down. But I think Yannick Bolasi is going to be fantastic. He was another guy who was injured for a chunk of last year. looks like he's going to go to Everton. And he has been fantastic for Palace when he's been healthy. Inshallah. Inshallah on all Except levels. he's so unhappy when he's moved out of London to go up north <laughs> where it rains all the time and the sky is close to the ground. He goes into a fit of depression and is barely able to play for the rest oh, of the season. He's one of those players that plays better when he's depressed, which leads us to strikers. The guy I've been on, and I, Christian Benteke, I think he's going to go to Palace and I think he's going to remind us all why he was such a thing at Aston Villa. He's going to be great. People are kind of discounting what he's capable of because he didn't make it at, at Liverpool in a role where he was incredibly miscast. To piggyback on that, I think Wilfred Bonney from Manchester City is going to get a transfer. He's going to stay in the Premier League. He's obviously capable of hitting 20. We saw what he did for Swansea before he made that move to Manchester City. He's going to do a wonderful job wherever he ends up. Recently touted to Everton and um, then touted, I guess, maybe over to Arsenal as well in a 30 million pound move. One more is uh, Callum Wilson. Bournemouth only played 770 minutes last season. The man was scoring a goal every 110 minutes. If he can get 3,200 minutes this season, he is a 20-goal scorer. I will mark it down today. That's all I ask for, just 20 goals, mate. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick ones. What's the most common mistake you see fantasy players make, bald fantasy players? (laughs) So the mistake is mistaking famous for valuable. Somebody picked, in our draft last night, picked Raheem Sterling in the third round, which, that's a valuable pick. That should yield somebody who's going to start for you and be a star every week. And I think there's a pretty reasonable question whether he'll get 1,000 minutes total this season. So, But he's famous, so the mistake is mistaking famous for valuable. Yeah. What formation do you suggest people play? I, I like to run out uh, three four three. It lets you pick probably the best attacking defenders that you want out there. I mean, even in uh, you know the comprehensive scoring that we have at Taga, even where you do get traditional defensive stats as as fantasy points, you still do want players that are going to you know bomb down the pitch and, and lob them in. You want players like Ryan Bertrand or, or Alberto Moreno at Liverpool. You know, you want those guys uh, historically. You know, 
those have always been the highest scores. I don't think there's anything different here. Having four midfielders allows you to really capitalize on some of the strategy things we've been talking about, picking sleepers. When you consider the fact that almost half of the players available are midfielders, it's very easy to go out and find somebody that only has 5% ownership that's still going to have a really good weekend. Nepali Mendy, the, the replacement for N'Golo Kante at Leicester, is yeah. looking very good. Maybe somebody like Emery uh, Chan at Liverpool. I mean, these are players that are not highly owned, but they're incredibly skillful. They're on the ball all the time. I'm going to go back and say Joe Allen again. Somebody yeah. who's going to touch the ball 100 times in a match yeah. is incredibly valuable, and it shouldn't be discounted just because Joe Allen's going to score one goal this season. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. would probably be half of Stoke's output. <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, and, and I actually, I'd say even more midfield and, and defensive heavy. You know, all, all of the glamour is in the forwards. The forwards get drafted early, they're the big names, and you can probably get equal production if without having to compete for those guys and go get guys who are going to start, the Danny Drinkwaters, the Joe Allens, that are going to ha- get drafted later in the draft because they're not famous. Yeah, you can absolutely. go get them later and you know run a 4-5-1 or a 5-4-1 yeah, and get fantastic results. You're much better off owning Kyle Walker than you are owning Charlie Austin, and Charlie yeah. Austin has a 20-goal season under his belt, but mm. who knows how he's actually right. going to mesh this season in, at Southampton, new manager. He didn't look like he was particularly on the same page as Shane Long last season. When you have a strong defender, somebody like Kyle Walker again, uh, Danny Rosen in that same team that are going to get 3,000 minutes that are quality on-the-ball players, whatever you may think of them uh, for international play or, or however you may curse them out when they make mistakes, they're fantasy gold. Teams like Tottenham, Leicester, Arsenal have not added a lot of players in the offseason. They have the same managers they have last season. They sort of got a winning formula they already know from last season. They are valuable because you sort of know what to expect. But there are also unexpected people who break into the league every year. New managers, you don't know exactly what to find. Who are some of those sort of sleeper players, the new guys coming in? who you might expect to see something from this season. So, so you know, the, the identities and the, the kind of value of the guys coming in newly promoted is, is always probably the biggest question that we get. Uh, Andre Gray is, is the obvious answer at Burnley, mm. you know, kind of ha- hopefully having a Danny Ings sort of a season yep. when he was at Burnley. Uh, and, the, you know, these are the guys that you can pick up late in your draft or who you can use as a differential in a, in a perfect 11 game. And so finding those guys, I mean, that's the gold. Absolutely. I mean, quick list of names. You have Abel uh, Hernandez, uh, the striker for Hull. He put 20 in in the championship last season. He's looking good. Uh, Jordan Rhodes uh, for Middlesbrough similarly uh, hit 16 goals. Fernando Lorente just transferred in. Alvaro Negredo transferred in. Uh, you have uh, the new winger, and I'm going to butcher his name, but Figuli uh, at West Ham United. Oh, yeah. So a lot of questions when you talk about West Ham came in from our listeners. They all want to know, Andy Carroll, is he as good as he is in many people's fantasy? So- in actual fantasy football. So, again, that depends on your format. So if you're thinking about, you know, the Perfect 11 format and you get to know, yes, he is a starter, then that's fantastic work. If you are thinking about a draft or if you're thinking about a Friday deadline, you know, I don't think anybody is comfortable with the notion that Andy Carroll is going to start on a regular basis because mm-hmm. he could hurt himself walking to his car this afternoon. Walking to his car? I'm thinking coming out of a club at four well, in the morning, I think is more likely. I, I was being nice. Out of the club, onto the pitch. Yeah. He, last season, he played 1,436 minutes for West Ham. He scored nine goals with two assists. Those are phenomenal numbers. That's a 20-goal-a-season right. pace. I think that when you're playing uh, in a more advanced game, when you're playing at Taga, and you have the opportunity to get him into your starting lineup, you have to look at him as a 20-goal striker. You don't have to look at him as an injury risk. How many times can he play Arsenal, though? God willing, uh, 37. (laughs) (laughs) To the questions from 
the listeners from at Real John Rhodes. Complaints last season on Manchester United's passive play under Van Gaal. Should Man U fans expect more offence? All their acquisitions, all their money went into attacking players. So I mm. think the attack how should be pretty interesting. How do you analyse Pogba from a fantasy point of view? I mean, I look at last year, I think, I don't remember off the top of my head, I think it was nine goals and a bunch of assists, which, yes, that's a, you know, detailed statistical term. That's bunch a, of, a bunch, bunch of assists. <laughs> I, you that's know. a collective noun, isn't yeah. it? That's as sophisticated as Serie A fantasy play actually gets. Yes, we're very myopic in our little uh, Premier League world. So, you know, looking out into the great wide world of Europe, you know, we're a little, uh, a little less detailed. But, uh, but yeah, he's, I, I think he does everything. And, you know, he's this traditional box-to-box midfielder who's going to get you some tackles won. He's going to get you some passes intercepted. He's going to score more than his share of goals for that position. Mm-hmm. He's going to get you his assists. And I think there's upside. He's such an athlete. He, you know, in theory, is still coming into all of this great talent and figuring it out. So you could see him still taking a big jump forward. He's going to sell you jerseys. Yeah. He is going to sell so many jerseys. You know, I have to say, Raj, yesterday when Pogba actually was announced by Manchester United, at Togo, we saw over a 100% increase in the number of questions that we received through our support line. It was all, when is Pogba going to sign? Where does Pogba go on the cheat sheet? They're from Jose Mourinho. They're from Marcus Rashford. <laughs> oh, poor Marcus Rashford. Ma- he did not deserve this. But to Neil's point, eight goals, 12 assists. I mean, he looks phenomenal. And, you know, uh, Dave, one real quick thing that we didn't talk about earlier, but sometimes you want a player that has what we call a high floor rather than a high ceiling. A high floor is a player that you know is going to go out and get you eight, nine, ten points. You know, somebody like Virgil van Dijk from Southampton um, or uh, James Milner from Liverpool. Yeah, Milner, always. And Paul Pogba does so many things across the pitch that you know he has a high floor. And when you're using that first-round pick and draft, when you're making him your biggest star in your high perfect floor. 11, he's, he's the guy you want because you know there's a baseline of points you can I've got expect. to say, high floor sounds like an amazing psychedelic mm. album mm. from 1973. Mm. But how, how are you rating Chad Labour's Anthony Marshall and Marcus Rashford now they've been pushed down a little bit by Zlatan and that new striker they've got, Wayne Rooney? So I think Martial probably looks a lot like Martial from last season. He's going to play, probably play the same wide role. Slightly he's grumpier. Get, he's slightly grumpier because he's not wearing his, his uniform number anymore. And he will be about the same guy. Rashford's the one who's going to take the big hit here. And at least until Mourinho decides he's going to take the PR hit and bench Rooney, I think Rashford sits on the bench. And maybe the upside for him in fantasy is he gets loaned somewhere. Or you can save it for your special League Cup edition of your fantasy game. Or that. Game. I'm, I'm picking him and then Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Be a League Cup team. At Dang 922, of Hull City, Middlesbrough and Burnley, who do you look to the most for your bargain basement sleeper picks? I'm looking at Burrow, no question. They're the ones who have invested. They had probably the most interesting team from a fantasy perspective coming out of last season and they've just added to it added to it added to it as as john mentioned earlier you know they they were great defensively they've spent the money there and i think they have the most interesting chance hull as as davo mentioned earlier who knows what's going to happen there yeah let me just say when i'm looking at those teams i'm probably looking at players more than i am teams so it is the ahmed al mohammed is a hull and i do want to give a, one more little nod to andre gray at burnley he played a split season last year he got 125 minutes at brentford before he came over to burnley where he had another 3500 3400 minutes 25 goals nine assists there's no way that that doesn't translate into premier league success this season huh. okay hot take Roger. Oh, I don't know. I've just not noted down all my big picks. And I know I've got in Guzzi, Guzan, yeah. DeAndre Yedlin, yeah. Pencil, Inkton, Inkton. Yeah. And obviously CCV yeah. for Spurs. 
along with Dana Plato. Those are my first starting four, David. We yeah. are going to go mano mano week by week on this. Yeah. What's your big takeaway? My big takeaway is differential. I've got to think a lot about differential. Closing piece of wisdom from you, gents. You know, mine would be play with your heart. I think it's the most important thing you can do. You know, we're going to provide all the information you need. Come over to Playtaga, download the app, uh, find all the information. We can give that to you. Then play with your heart. Pick the guys that you really believe in every week, those players that you want to win with. Those are your guys. And when he guys. says play with your heart, America, he means Joe Hart. <laughs> Please don't play with Joe Hart. <laughs> uh, and I, I guess my, my closing thought is, just stay away from people who are famous because they have big names and they aren't going to get playing time. It's, you know, the, the thing that I find most frustrating watching other people draft or be involved is, and it gets them frustrated, is they have a bad experience because they pick an Aaron Ramsey. Great player, fantastic Euros. I'd say probably about a 50% chance that he'll start any of Arsenal's first five games. You know, I feel like I'm in a conversation that first season with LA Galaxy when they were fielding Andrew Shoup. <laughs> Stay away from famous people. Yeah, he didn't play that much, actually. I remember that first season. <laughs> Thanks so much, John and Neil. So where can people find you throughout the season? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Fantasy Gaffer. You can find me at Playtaga, uh, www.playtaga.com. Um, our app is available in Google Play and uh, the Apple Store. Come on over. Uh, always available. Happy to chat with everybody. Being called Fantasy Gaffer, do you get a lot of people <laughs> who think that you're into s and I wish it was more. Asking you a lot of questions. Tragically few. <laughs> and you can find me at rotoworld.com in the Premier League section, as well as at at Neil J. Thurman, N-E-A-L-J-T-H-U-R-M-A-N on Twitter. Wow. Working at RotoWorld.com, do you get a lot of people who are really into s and <laughs> <laughs> Even fewer than he does. Oh. 